1: The week 13 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players for this week only. MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a a team against the spread for up to $250 if you win. Congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose... Congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's a no-risk, all-gravy bet. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come and play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it mybookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process and the best part is if you join now you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign up offer just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code chair and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and that's on top of the risk-free bet let me repeat that that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only so if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season and hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie, where you play, you win, you get paid. My guest today on this very short window between ball games for our beloved is Jeremy Reisman. Despite his allegiances, probably one of my favorite guests to have uh, on the show. He is from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit, and he'll be here to help us preview this, uh, what has now become an annual Thanksgiving matchup between the Bears uh, and the Lions. So it's funny. Uh, recorded this last night with uh, with Jeremy previewing the uh, the game on Monday night, and uh, you know the Bears the Bears won uh, against the Giants, and uh, and the Lions lost to the Redskins of a, a one and nine football team they lost too <laughs> listen to the conversation you wouldn't be able to tell that one of us won this past weekend <laughs> it wasn't good guys i was not happy with that win against the giants at all i was kind of pissed about it and uh we talk about it with jeremy and what could what could have happened if stafford was playing what uh what what might happen uh on thursday and 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 what have you so let's go ahead and get into the show it's the week 13 preview episode of the bear's talk underground so let's get to it We spent all this time hoping, wishing, praying for this offseason to end and get to this special 2019 season. It, it is flying right past us as the Bears and Lions will kick off week 13 with the early game on Thanksgiving Day. What's going on, everybody? D back, the week 13 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground, doing this at breakneck speed. We just did the review episode Sunday night to release it Monday morning. Now here we are recording the preview episode for the Thursday game on Tuesday night to drop first thing on Wednesday. So it's been a busy couple of days uh, for me uh, getting stuff done with the podcast. I've already got our guests set up for next week to preview the Cowboys game, also a Thursday night game. So it should be very, very interesting. So anyway, thanks. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this game. To be completely honest with you, I mean it it it's it's ripe for the Bears to take it. It's ripe for the Bears to, you know, to 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 win 3 out of 4, to close out the third quarter uh, of the season with a 3 and 1 record and head into the most daunting 4-game stretch we've got. I mean, I know that we went winless in October and and we had a bad stretch there, but those were all winnable games. We should have won against Oakland we should have won uh against um I want to say I was going to say San Diego again Jesus Christ the Chargers let's just call them the Chargers okay we should (laughs) we should have won those games um I granted uh getting past New Orleans was going to be a tough out but that was set up nicely for us no Alvin Kamara no Drew Brees and winning on the road at Philly was going to be tough but Philly's 5 and 6 just like us man it was it was it, it wasn't too much to ask that we could have gone 3 and 1 uh on that stretch uh as well after starting 3 and 1 uh with our with the opening night loss to the Packers and then three straight to close out that first uh quarter uh winning against the Raiders wasn't too much of an ask hell until that 97-yard drive in the fourth quarter that was a, a completely doable thing uh for us you know then the embarrassment the embarrassing return from the bye in the saints game and what a disaster that was but we had the chargers the week after that should have won that game what a disaster that was to let that one get away from us and then closing out the second quarter with that game uh in philly that embarrassing first half nine yards of offense in the first uh, 30 minutes and whatnot and yet here we are we win this game on thursday we're a 500 football team uh granted we've got some work to do to get into the sixth seed, but it's not impossible you know if the this team gets hot and starts playing good football the playoffs might be a might become a thing again like right now the Bears chances stand at like two percent to make the playoffs uh at the moment so not impossible as close to impossible as you can get but not impossible with every uh win we increase our chances so those percentages might start creeping up A little bit more if we knock out the Lions uh, on Thursday. A few news and notes to get to before we get to our discussion with Jeremy Reisman from uh, Pride of Detroit. And um, start off with uh, some kind of peripheral news. The NFL Network, uh, to celebrate the 100th season of the NFL, has been putting together a team of like an all time team, the top 100 players, but they're not ranking them kind of like maybe what the Bears should have done with their players list. Maybe not ranking the players, but like here are the top 100 players and no discerning order. Um, But they're putting together an all-time team. The first episode on the NFL Network commemorating this uh, was about the running backs, and 12 running backs made the team. Two of them were Chicago Bears, one being Gale Sayers, the other being Walter Payton. Of course, because how can you have a list of the granny running backs of all time and Walter Payton is not on it? However, um, they released the quote-unquote finalists for the linebackers, defensive tackles, and defensive ends. Now, the good news is three Chicago Bear linebackers made the the finalist list. Dick Butkus, duh. Brian Erlacher, duh. Mike Singletary, duh. okay. Who knows who of those three makes the list? I say we, sh- we should probably get at least two. I, I would put my money, honestly, on Singletary and uh, Butkus. Butkus was – he defined the, the middle linebacker uh, position uh, back then, and he's a Hall of Famer. And B, uh, Singletary, two-time Defensive Player of the Year award, the uh, basically the coach on the field for the
2: 85. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
0: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
1: Uh, Bears, you know, granted, Erlacher, also defensive player of the year, got the Bears to a Super Bowl, was probably the most dynamic uh, middle linebacker of his era outside of Ray Lewis, uh, of course. I mean, when, when he talked about who the best middle linebacker was, or the best inside linebacker during that era, the, the conversation started with Erlacher and, and Ray Lewis. So um, so that's the good news. The bad news is there are no Bears on the defensive end or defensive tackle list. So uh, Richard Dent, who's one of the top 10 sackers of all time, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, God knows how many Pro Bowls he made in his years uh, with the Bears. Uh, you know, Dan Hampton also. Not on that list, uh, or uh, Doug Atkins and any of these historic Hall of Fame players that the Bears have did not make the uh, defensive line lists, if you will. I I thought maybe Hampton would be on the defensive tackle list, but I was reminded uh, by one of my uh, Twitter followers that Hampton was mostly a defensive end, but in the 46, Hampton played inside, he played outside. He was a Hall of Famer, man. He was a Hall of Famer, he was a pro bowler practically every year. He was on the team uh, but not good enough to make the quote, unquote, not even good enough to make the finalist list. you know it's like I don't think I'm asking for too much for Richard Dent and Dan Hampton to be on the finalist list. you know I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to not see them make the team. Of course, I wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't be surprised. We got a hundred years of history that we're going up against here but uh, you know the, the to, for the two of the most key players on the greatest defense of all time not to make the finalist list not a fan of that uh at all so we'll see how this this team continues to unfold uh as they pump out the um pump out the uh episodes uh week after week i'm, I'm interested to see how many bears will actually make the team uh maybe ditka might make the cut in a tight end slash i wonder if they're going to mix the tight ends and wide receivers or if they're going to keep those uh separate there's there's definitely enough tight ends you can do an hour-long episode on the greatest tight ends uh in nfl history but uh you know i'm sure ditka would at least make a finalist list for that even with how the the tight end uh position has transformed over the years ditka was still one of the greatest to ever play the game so uh we'll, we'll see how it continues to unfold see if we can't get a uh an offensive lineman in there somewhere maybe uh maybe a defensive back i don't know but uh linebackers and running backs that's that's our mo, you know, pl- running the football and playing defense. We got f- uh, we got two that actually are on the team that are officially on the team in Gale Sayers and Walter Payton, and possibly adding up to three more with Erlacher, Butkus, and Singletary making the finalist list for linebackers. So, should be interesting to see how that one uh, unfolds, and uh, I'll keep an eye on it, see if we have any more guys that do or don't make the finalist list and, and how this, uh, this all-time team kind of breaks down. So, But speaking of our current uh, squad, it's a short week, so uh, injury reports are kind of a fast and furious uh, thing. I mean, as most of you are going to be listening to this on Wednesday, we're you know, anywhere from 24 hours or less to kickoff on Thursday at 1130 Central Time here in the Midwest. Um, so, I mean, it, like I said, the window is super short and, um, anyone who kind of got banged up on Sunday is a threat not to play, uh, on Thursday, two of the guys on that list, Ben Broniker and Taylor Gabriel, who are in concussion, uh, protocol could explain why Broniker dropped a wide open pass for a touchdown there in the uh, first quarter. He was seeing, seeing double and didn't know which one of those balls to catch, Uh, Taylor Gabriel is more concerning. He is, this would be his second concussion. He suffered that concussion against the Redskins week number three, and he was out for a couple of weeks. Uh, He missed uh, the game against the Vikings. He missed the game. He didn't even travel to London uh, to play the Raiders and came back after the bye. Uh, So he was out, you know, counting the bye. He was out three weeks before he came back against the, uh, against the Saints. The only silver lining that I see here is, uh, you know, number one, with them being in concussion protocol, with us having like three or four days fewer to get ready, um, it opens the door for Jesper Horsted to um, be more of a key factor in the offense. Uh, I've heard rumors today that maybe Cordero Patterson could get some snaps at tight end. That would be interesting uh, for sure. It's, it certainly would be a matchup nightmare uh, because Cordero Patterson is a big wide receiver. But he's also a fast wide receiver. So if you put him in there, he could be like a hybrid wide receiver tight end. Put him in there against a linebacker or a safety, that could be a matchup nightmare. Very, very interesting idea. Uh, if that could happen, I mean, and like I said, he could use his size. I don't know how good Cordero would be as a um, a lineup blocker uh, or whatnot, but he could he could definitely, I think, play that U position. As a tight end, more of the Trey Burton lined up outside the Travis Kelsey, uh, if you will. And um, that could be interesting if that's what we do on short notice uh, against the Lions. And it could open the door to what we do the rest of the season with that position. Could see a lot more Cordell Patterson playing that tight end U position uh, than we do see him playing wide receiver, God forbid, running back uh, in this offense. So the other thing is the silver lining with Taylor Gabriel is that it could finally open the door for Riley Ridley to be activated on Thursday against the Lions. Maybe see him get a few snaps, uh, which would be his first of the season, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Ridley's been active for a game yet. So it would be nice to see him out there. It would be weird to see number 88 because, like, who the hell is 88? Oh, yeah, that's one of our draft choices that we were so excited to have and has yet to see the field uh this season it could open the door for him to get some reps and and play against the lions maybe show the bears what he can do and uh you know maybe get him back out there for the last four games or so uh of the season maybe he can add a spark uh to the offense i mean god knows we could use a little something uh you know so um and i did read today i thought that um i thought i read that uh, Nagy was saying that it would be a stretch to see broniker and gabriel on thursday so those that's definitely opening things up. A, it's interesting to see if Jesper Horstead becomes a uh, contributor or somebody that gets looked at on Thursday, and uh, B, if it could mean the, the activation of Riley Ridley uh, finally. Uh, another uh, injury news, Sherrick McManus left the game on Sunday with a groin injury. He has not practiced yet uh, this week. The Bears did not practice on Monday, but they had to release a injury report so it shows that Gabriel didn't practice. Gabriel, uh, Broniker, and Sherrick McManus did not practice yesterday or today on Tuesday. Same thing with Bobby Massey, and that's a more interesting uh, situation because Bobby Massey has a high ankle sprain, and I read Ian Rappaport saying that he's out for, and I quote, a few weeks. Considering that there's just a little bit more than a few weeks left in the season, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to put him on IR, elevate Alex Barr's, from the practice squad uh you know and see if he and cornelius lucas can duke it out for who gets to play right tackle uh for the last few weeks of the season also saw that the patriots were releasing a um Valdeer, uh i think his name is uh, an offensive tackle uh who's been uh who was released because isaiah Wynn, one of their first round picks from last year uh has been uh activated off of ir to uh to come back and play so he's being let go he's a veteran offensive lineman he's in shape he's ready to go and he's a tackle could maybe help us out uh there maybe not so much on Thursday but uh you know get him ready to to go against the Cowboys I mean why not so but um Massey is definitely out uh Sherrick McManus, is Taylor Gabriel Ben Broniker not looking good uh the mistake that was Adam Shaheen is still on this list for, with the foot injury Danny Trevathan still on the active roster has not practiced with the elbow injury so nothing has changed uh there so but you know I know it all doesn't sound good but it's it could open up some intriguing possibilities with what roster moves the bears make what the, what moves the bears make within the offense with you know could Cordero Patterson take some snaps at, at tight end on Thursday because of the short window will we see more of Jesper Horsted on the field, you know, cuz basically he's our starting starting tight end right now. With Shaheen out with Burton on IR with Broniker and the concussion protocol, it's him and Brad, Bradley Soul and uh JP Holtz, who's more of our h-back than a tight end. So things could get very interesting with that tight end position on Thursday against the uh the Lions and then like I said, the, the with Taylor Gabriel being down, the activation of Riley Ridley seems imminent. If if uh, you know, I I'm pretty sure that that could be something that happens uh on thursday and i'd be excited to see it and what opportunities he could get against the lions uh on thursday so anyway that will do it for our injury report and our news and notes section what do you say we go ahead and 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 get into it with our good friend jeremy reisman from sb nation's pride of detroit to help preview lucky number week 13 between the bears and the lions on thanksgiving day Week lucky number thirteen has our beloved headed up north to the motor. I was going to call it the Windy City, the Motor City, uh, in Detroit to take on the Lions for a, a rematch twofold. A uh, rematch. It's our second annual visit or our annual uh, game of the season with the Lions. The Bears, of course, won the first one week ten, and it's a a, a revenge game, I guess, on Thanksgiving Day, and the Bears and the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, a year ago, and here to uh, get us through this and uh, get us to the game on Thursday. Our good friend from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit, Jeremy, welcome back, man!
2: Oh, so good to be back. I love Bears Week so much. I've never <laughs> said else. W- I've never said else on your show. Just, yeah, this is my favorite favorite week.
1: <laughs> Long time no talk, Jeremy. I mean, it's been like twelve whole days. How you been?
2: Oh, you, things have been going so well here. Uh, I'm just, I'm just out of this world right now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and, and anything interesting happened yesterday in Washington?
2: Um, no, no. Hmm. I think, I think the last time that that we talked, the Lions had lost three out of their last four. Now they've lost seven out of their last eight. So not, not much has changed.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Dear God. Um, (laughs) yeah. So you're in the midst, like you said, seven out of eight, you're in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Ironically, the last team you did beat was the Giants, so we have that in common. We actually beat the Giants. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we also Congrats have in common, yeah, yeah. We also have in common losing to the Raiders. Um, you did that just before coming to Chicago, and let's talk about that game real quick. The 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 trip to Soldier Field a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much mirrored the game that I just sat through yesterday, whereas it was a very slow start, very unimpressive beginning by the by the Bears. We go into halftime. We should probably be losing by more than we are going into halftime. It's a miracle that it's this close. Then we explode in the third quarter, think we've got the game easily in hand, and then screw around and let Detroit get back in it in the middle of the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, this thing's come down to a hail mary pass before it's finally uh, a ball game, and it's over with. Uh, we just watched the Bears do it all over again with the Giants, almost like script for script, the same thing. We're 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 down at halftime. We should probably be down by even more. Well, we would be if their field goal kicker knows it goes between the uprights instead of outside of them. And then in the third quarter, we rattle off three scoring drives. We've got this thing well in hand. We're up by two scores. We give up a 97 yard touchdown drive. And with seven minutes to go, all of a sudden it's a ball game again. And the two and eight Giants have life. Uh, and it, it was like, it drove me nuts. It's like, what is it about this team? We have no killer instinct. We have no ability to just put a team away like we did uh, a year ago. And I shudder to think. What kind of deal the Bears would have had to suffer if Matt Stafford actually played in that game a couple of weeks ago? Like it just I mean, Driscoll was actually pretty good against the Bears a couple of weeks ago. i I can't imagine what what Stafford would have been able to do
2: yeah uh, if if I haven't mentioned it yet, uh, I love Bears Week. Uh, <laughs> and so that was a fun. You know, Bears game when a couple hours before the game, suddenly we all realized that Matthew Stafford was a lot hurt, a lot more hurt than everyone thought he was. And right. so not only did you guys get Jeff Driscoll, but you got Jeff Driscoll, who had no idea he was starting until about maybe 24 hours before the game. Right. And so not a lot of preparation there. And yeah, he actually performed pretty well in that game. But, uh, I think a lot of lions fans are, are now looking back on that game and, and looking back on what happened at Washington last week and Mm -hmm. said like, well, Matthew Stafford had played those games. Well, He might be five, five and one instead of three, seven and one. And does that change a whole lot of things? Um, that, that wouldn't make them really any more in the playoff race right now, considering the six top teams in the NFC are basically running away with it right now. Right. Um, but the the fact of the matter is they didn't have Stafford in those games. They had Jeff Driscoll, who threw three interceptions on Sunday. Ooh. And now everything is falling apart and everything is being questioned and from the front office to the head coach and the oh defensive boy. coordinator to basically everyone but offensive coordinator at this point. um, No one is safe right now. Or at least in Lions fans mind. I, I personally think nothing huge is going to change this next offseason, but things have gone so bad when you lose to a 1 and 9 Washington team, uh you know you've you're you're close to rock bottom at this point. So yeah, and it all started with the Chicago Bears. So thank you again for that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we we do what we can. So <laughs> it just uh you know, I I too enjoy Lions week um because it's uh, you know, you and I have talked about this several times over the years that we've had you on. It seems to be like the truest rivalry uh, in the uh, in the division where the games are always close. They're always interesting, sometimes far too interesting like <laughs> the one we had a couple of weeks ago. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, did you think you guys had a shot at it at uh, at, at coming back?
2: No, I mean, not really. Yeah. When you, when you give up three straight touchdown passes on, on three consecutive drives right. to, to Mitchell Trubisky, you're not feeling very confident about your team. No offense. No,
1: none taken. Trust me. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, and that's how I felt going into it. It's like, hey, man, look at this. Uh, You know, apparently we need to go through our halftime routine before the game starts because we come out in the third quarter like gangbusters. I saw a stat today. The Bears are, like, second in the league in third quarter points, but we are <laughs> wow. 32nd, 32nd in fourth quarter points.
2: Mm.
1: 32nd, dead last for those keeping score at home. That's that's where we're at right now. We were downright dominant. The, like, the last two weeks, as a matter of fact, we come out. I mean, this actually yesterday made five weeks in a row the Bears have scored a touchdown on their opening drive in the, fir- in the second half. Five yeah, and, weeks in a row.
2: And it, it's interesting because – Lions game against Washington last week played out a lot like that Bears game in that the first half and really the first three quarters of the game they shut down Dwayne Haskins like they shut down Mitchell Trubisky for the first half of that game. Right. Um, and, and to be fair Dwayne Haskins played his own part in shutting himself down because he's I mean if if you guys are, are stressed out about Mitchell Trubisky he's not as bad as Dwayne Haskins. I promise you that <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is awful. Um, and so he was missing pass after pass after pass. Lions, the Lions held Washington to negative four yards in the third quarter of that game. Wow. And when they finally took the lead, when the Lions finally took the lead, which they have in literally every single game, they have held a lead in every single game this season, that's when the defense fell apart. Just like they fell apart in that three-possession stretch against the Bears. Fell apart in the, in the fourth quarter, gave two. I mean, they were only field goal drives, but that was enough because – Jeff Driscoll threw three interceptions in that game. So right. um, the Lions' pass defense has been awful ever since the the Chiefs game, really, way early back in week four. Um, th- they've shown that they can hold bad quarterbacks down for a little bit, but not a full game. And so that's what you guys saw in, in the Bears game. That's what happened last week against Washington, and everything else in between has been a, a dominant performance by the opposing quarterback. Right, because
1: that was something if if you uh, – you know, I, I record those knee-jerk reaction segments during the game. Like in between quarters, I do like a minute, two-minute summary of what happened in the quarter, and the point that I kept driving home was that we haven't scored a point against the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. <laughs> you know, Jeremy's basically yeah. telling us we could break the scoreboard against this team, and we've got a goose egg going into halftime. We're down 6 to nothing or whatever the score was you know, in that game, it was just like, Jesus Christ, man. It's just the uh, thirty first ranked defense in the NFL, you think it was the eighty five Bears out there, the way they were playing <laughs> uh offense, and it just and then like I said, we come out exploding in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter we screw around, we make a we make a wrong decision. We we pass the ball on third and one instead of running it when Montgomery was actually doing well at the time. We ended up hunting the ball back to you, who of course you know, you have the big play. Was it was it Galladay that scored the touchdown in the fourth quarter?
2: Uh, gosh, I, I think I've blacked out that game in my mind. It was either Galladay <laughs> or, or, or Marvin Jones. It, it could have been either. They've basically been 1A and 1B this entire year. Right,
1: but then it's like all of a sudden it goes from 20 to 6. This is a game that we absolutely took over in the third quarter to now it's a ball game, and it literally came down to the last play, and then Jeff Driscoll pulled a Dan Orlovsky there. <laughs> at the end when he ran three yards past the line of scrimmage and threw the Hail Mary pass, but it's just like it should have never come to that by the way the third quarter went, and then here we are in the fourth quarter. Same thing yesterday with the Giants. We took over that football game. The Giants didn't get a first down in the fourth quarter until that 97-yard drive. Yeah, We completely shut them down. We did it actually last week to the Rams. We shut them down three and out three times in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, we forget how to play defense. Goff and Cooper Cup are hooking up 50 yard plays. They put a touchdown on the board to put the game away. You know, only this time we were playing an inferior team in the Giants who don't know how to do that. And we were able to, you know, hold them off. They simply ran out of chances. They didn't run out of time, they (laughs) ran out of chances uh, against the Bears because it wasn't anything we were doing to stop them in the fourth quarter which is what made it all so nerve-wracking and and so frustrating so um yeah and and then we're going to get to do this on the road in detroit and even under nagy we're not the world's greatest road team and uh even last year we lost three of our four games on the road uh last year we came damn close to losing you guys thanksgiving uh last year before eddie jackson performed his magic uh in the fourth quarter so I don't know what to expect on Thursday night or Thursday, well Thursday morning. Jesus Christ, eleven o'clock when <laughs> that game kicks off. So,
2: well, uh, according to our my calculations, we owe you guys a defeat with the backup quarterback based on last year, right? Yep. Yep, I yep, mean, yep, we yep. we need retribution. And the sad thing is, I don't know if it's going to be Jeff Driscoll or David Blau. I was just reading that, that your yes. third
1: stringer might be up for duty on Thursday.
2: Yes, because Jeff Driscoll and the Lions didn't practice on Monday, but they had to put out an injury report. right? And Jeff Driscoll's on it due to a hamstring, a sore hamstring. And if you know anything about Jeff Driscoll, which you guys probably learned last time, um, he's a mobile guy. And yeah. so if you take away his hamstring that probably limits him quite a bit. And the one thing he has been doing consistently well is running the ball is, you know, the lines l- run a lot of read option with him out there. And I think he had about 70 rushing yards last week, um, 40 or 50 against the bears. And, and and I think 40 or 50 against the, the Cowboys in between those two games. So, um, you know, even if he's sore and plays, I think that could potentially have a, a pretty, uh, significant impact on this game if if anyone is, is, is actually looking for like a deep dive on this game uh that that could be a uh, a deciding factor i would say well i mean the guy is what six
1: five he's about he's a big guy and he also yeah. runs like a deer he's like yes. four or five or something like that which for a quarterback is lightning fast
2: yeah so absolutely. i mean
1: we definitely got to see that uh in that game uh, a couple of weeks ago so to hear that he might not be playing is outstanding news <laughs> uh, for the Bears, that this guy—I mean, if you get a second crack at it, and you figure out, I mean you know, this guy is effective on the run. Well, if he's got the hamstring issue, even if he does play, you're not going to push him because you just make it worse, you yep. know, by overexerting him with the with the hamstring and everything. That could help out the Bears uh, big time. So whether it's Blau, who I know absolutely nothing about, or or Driscoll, you know, a limited Driscoll, you know, things look good for us on on that uh, front. But then. We also have to play offense in the game as well, and that's where the trouble comes in.
2: Yeah, and lucky, lucky again for Chicago Bears fans, as, <laughs> as you kind of alluded to before, 31st-ranked defense. It hasn't gotten much better since we last faced off each other. Right. Um, the Lions' best pass rusher, Trey Flowers, remains out with concussion. concussion. Um, it does look like the Lions could potentially get a couple guys back this week in, in Deshaun Hand. A defensive tackle has only played in two games this season, but had a really promising rookie year last year. Um, and then their best safety, uh, Tracy Walker, uh, pra- quote-unquote practiced on Monday, and he's missed a, a bunch of games this season. So there's there's reasons maybe to be optimistic about the, the way the Lions finish the season defensively. They've also been a lot better against the run lately. I think in the past four or five games, they've held all but one opponent below 3.5 yards per carry. Um, so that was a big improvement that we've kind of seen in the second half of the season. Um, but other than that, like I said, the past defense has just been god-awful. Darius Slay hasn't quite been the, the same as he's been. Um, the lines have kind of been rotating. Um, defensive backs outside of him, the, uh, the one guy that maybe you should be on the lookout for is, is rookie Amani Ruarieh. Uh, line's fifth-round pick. A lot of guys thought he might go in day two of the draft. He basically got his first start last week, although technically wasn't a start because he sat the first play and then played the second play, but played uh, I think around 75% of the snaps. Got his first interception of the year basically in that first start. Was the highest-graded player on the team per pro football focus that that game against Washington. Um, So the future might be bright there, but again, this is basically going to be a guy on his second start of his career, so maybe a little bit vulnerable there. We'll see if Mitchell Trubisky can take advantage of that though.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mitch actually played well yesterday. Um considering, I guess I mean everything's there's a learning curve or there's a curve when it comes to Mitch and, and grading well and and you know things like that. People like to remind us Uh, of that well he played well for mitch it's like saying you throw well for a girl you know that kind of thing (laughs) right um but i mean he had one horrendously bad interception in the fourth quarter ironically enough uh yesterday um and it's just like i kept wanting to hear that maybe he got hit or that his arm got brushed or whatever but i heard his after game presser he's just like no, I thought I could get out there. I just didn't. Yeah, he was literally like seven to ten yards short of the receiver. He was throwing it to the, the safety. Was actually able to just back up in center field and just catch the ball. And no one was there to defend him uh, from catching it. So um, he did throw a second interception, but that was more of a, you know, everyone's favorite word when it comes to quarterbacks and receivers: miscommunication mm-hmm. uh, with the receiver. I guess he was supposed to run a a wider route than he ended up doing, like to the point where everyone who watched the play thought it was intended for someone else. Like like if you've seen the Ogletree interception, it looks like it was intended for Anthony Miller, (laughs) who it would have gone to if Ogletree wasn't there, but it was actually intended for Robinson, who was in front of Ogletree. So that's a big miscommunication if you ask me. Yeah, Uh, because it looked like it was going to Anthony Miller, the guy behind the guy you say it was intended for. So, you know, it just makes you wonder what the what the hell really is going on with this offense uh, sometimes. And and what it is that like there's no between game adjustments because we can't do anything in the first quarter, which is why I was saying we should probably just tell the guys and go through our halftime routine before kickoff to see if we can come out in the first quarter the way we do in the third. And maybe we can just make this game a non-issue on Thursday and everybody can just get on with their holiday.
2: I think Matt Nagy should blame everything on offense on Mitchell Trubisky's hip. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it got him out of one excuse for benching him. Right. So just like, let's, let's just keep running with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think the injury was legit. Okay. I don't think it was a legit reason to take him out of the game considering there was three minutes left and, right. you know, it just didn't, it was not a good look, you know. I, I I believe it was genuine as far as what they were trying to do or what they say they were trying to do. I saw plenty of plays uh, from that game, several clips from the All-22 on, on Twitter, and you can see Mitch favoring the mm-hmm. hip in the second half. You can see it. He's not stepping into the throws. It's all like arms and shoulders and torso. There's no hip or stepping into it, even though he actually does that a lot anyway. But you could see him like not weighing in on on the hip. He's not putting all of his weight on it and things like that. So I believe it was legit that he did get banged up a little bit, but he tried to play through it and... You know if he got this far I wouldn't just let him friggin finish because if anybody could if if Chase Daniel could have been any colder he'd have been an ice block on Sunday coming and come, you
2: know coming into the ball game it was crazy and what happens if he comes in and and wins the game like <laughs> what happens the next week
1: yeah yeah welcome <laughs> to our nightmare if that did if that I mean half the half of Chicago wants Mitch you know taken out back and put one behind his ear anyway I mean God forbid. He's not having a very good game, uh, you know, just by the naked eye. He's sitting there watching it. And it's like, okay, well, this is not going great. And then Chase Daniel comes out and bangs out two scoring drives and wins the game on the road at the Rams. It's like, okay, is it even a discussion right, right. now? And why would we even entertain this? If he's supposed to be hurt, then obviously Daniel is going to start. But that didn't happen. And then he showed up yesterday and threw for 287 against the uh, – against the Giants so I guess that argument is over with um, yeah but I was um,
2: I was so convinced we were gonna not see Mitchell Trubisky again on Thanksgiving but the football gods have shined down upon us yes. in Detroit for once
1: right so you get to you get to see Mitch and so that'll be fun and you'll have the the home field uh advantage I've been to Ford Field did I ever tell you that I don't think I knew that, no. Yeah, I went and saw them play in 07. It was the first game of the um, Brian Greasy era for the Bears Mm. because the week before, uh, Rex Grossman was atrocious against the Dallas Cowboys on national TV, and Lovey had seen enough. So that was the first game of the Brian Greasy era, um, highlighted by a 34-point fourth-quarter explosion by the Lions to – win a 13-3 to game in the fourth quarter.
2: I, I, like, I like that story. I'll, yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to, to tell it every time I'm on this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the highlights for me, it was me and a bunch of guys, uh, you know, drove up from Chicago, so that five-hour trip was worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, Devin Hester nearly broke like two kicks for a touchdown, and then finally in the second half he did run a kickoff back like 97 yards and a touchdown. So that made the whole trip worth it was seeing (laughs) Devin Hester do that, you know, and we were winning, we were winning 13 to three in the third quarter or at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. And then I think the bears did end up scoring twice. It was like 37 to 27 or something like that was the final score, but it was like turnovers we had a an onside kick that was run back for a touchdown and <laughs> oh, everything. Oh, I remember we, that. Yeah, this game went went completely down the toilet in the 15 minutes. And of course, we're listening to the radio on the way home, and it's like, oh yeah, most points ever scored in the fourth quarter ever against the uh, against anyone ever. The Lions just put up 34 on the Bears in the fourth <laughs> quarter to win the game. It's like great. So I was there for history. That's awesome. So you got to yeah. tell a
2: story 10 years later or whatever. oh yeah
1: and i got to absolutely fall in love i'll tell you with your goddamn fight song um hey. that, that guy sings over and oh lions victory yep. i wanted to shoot that guy <laughs> we got to hear it like six times in the fourth quarter i was like this sucks this song is terrible <laughs> shut up stop scoring touchdowns you assholes So
2: yeah, that was a, that's my relationship with the Minnesota Vikings horn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I feel your pain then just uh, listening to that. But uh, yeah, by the end of it, I was like, Jesus Christ, the song is terrible. And this guy, you know, singing the song with all of his conviction and heart. And like I said, he got to sing it at least five or six times in the fourth (laughs) quarter. It's like, I knew the damn thing by heart before we left the stadium. Um, yeah, so
2: he's he's probably horse on Monday morning too. Yeah,
1: probably. I wouldn't doubt it at that point. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so what, what exactly happened yesterday in that Lions game, or in the Redskins game, I should say? Where, I mean, you you said Driscoll threw the three interceptions, but you know, how did it all unfold there in the fourth quarter? Because that's where the game was won, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Lions pretty much controlled most of the game through three quarters um they were losing for a majority of it though because they gave up a a kickoff return for a touchdown Mm. and and because the offense was was working mildly well but struggled kind of once they got into Washington's uh side of the field so not a lot of touchdowns obviously scored in a in a 1916 game right um the Lions finally take the lead there in the fourth quarter and then um, they, they slowly let it evaporate. I think uh, Washington scores the game tying field goal with uh, around two minutes to go. Uh, Jeff Driscoll then takes over for you know to do his best Matthew Stafford impression, get a, a two minute drill in there for the game winner. right. Uh, on, I think on the second play of the drive, he throws what should have been a pick six goes mm. right through Washington defender's hands right so on the very next play he decides well that wasn't a good enough throw to to be an interception let me try again (laughs) this time he succeeds washington takes over on the 50 yard line they run out the majority of the clock about 20 seconds left kick the the go-ahead field goal then driscoll i think next pass also gets intercepted and the game's over
1: Mm. yeah i caught the i caught the last play i saw the uh the the interception uh there at the end um so, yeah, because yeah, that was and, that was the extra coverage or whatever after the Bears game ended was watching the I think I saw the field goal and then the ensuing interception
2: after yeah, that which was which mind you, I think there was about 15 seconds left and the Lions tried to do a, a five yard crossing route.
1: Oh, always a good idea,
2: which is yeah. from from their own 30 yard line, which is an interesting play call with with 15 seconds left. you know you think you might try a deep pass since you need you know like a good chunk of 40 50 yards. <laughs> But no, you know, (laughs) with no timeout. Try a five yard crosser and then somehow also get that intercepted when when Washington is playing prevent defense.
1: What did you guys have any timeouts left or no?
2: Uh I believe they had they had one or two. One, okay.
1: So maybe that's what the thought in that disaster was. Hey, at least we got a timeout, so We'll
2: yeah, let's let's just get an easy, you know, 10, 15 yards, and then we'll chuck it up. Oh no, it's not an easy ten or fifteen yards because Jeff Driscoll doesn't know how to play football right now. <laughs> I mean, it, and here's the thing: like, he looked good in that first Bears game. He looked yeah. even, I would say, even better the following week against Dallas. You know, they they kind of got in a shootout with Dallas, which is yeah. not yeah. think, what anyone saw coming, but. Last Sunday was just a huge step back. The, the one thing that's been consistent that, that Driscoll has struggled with is just how he sees the, the field. He, he tends to lock in on one target, and when it's not there, he just continues to stare at it mm. and, and until he essentially feels the pressure around him, and he'll either get out of a, a jam because of those legs we talked about earlier or he'll take a, a sack that he probably didn't need to take um he he just continues to look more and more uncomfortable back there, which is kind of interesting because you know, one week he got criticized because he was scrambling and he had about ten yards in front of him where he could have ran first down for a first down, but he kept he kept his eyes downfield. He threw a pass in the dirt instead. This following week, it was it was almost the opposite. Like he was just like trying to run at any opportunity he could, and he was overlooking open receivers. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the game's getting to him a little bit. Like, he's he's in his head a little bit too much right now and making poor decisions, and the accuracy is fine. His, his arm strength is fine, and his his ability to, to get yards on the ground is helpful. But when it comes down to it in pressure situations, I just don't think he has enough confidence in himself right now to, to do anything of damage, really. Yeah.
1: The review episode is also brought to you by our good friends at Bluetooth. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence where it counts. So listen up. Bluejew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active uh, approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them any time, day and night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code armchair, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> it's funny with with, uh, with backup quarterbacks uh, like that. I mean, we we've, we as Bear fans have experienced it with Chase Daniel the last couple of years. Uh, You know, when when he comes off the bench or like, well, last year, uh, his first start was against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Literally no practice. It was all walk through. So they're not running anything at full speed. He knows the playbook. So at least we got that working for us. But he's basically coming off the field, coming off the bench cold to play you guys on Thanksgiving Day. Does well enough to give us to get us the win uh, on Thanksgiving Day but he's got 10 days to prepare for the Giants knowing that he's a starter. He was not good against the Giants, who are as lousy as they were a year ago uh, at this time. We end up losing that game in the Meadowlands. Same thing happened this year. He comes off the bench, fifth play of the game. Mitch goes down with that shoulder injury against the Vikings. On the opening drive of the game, finishes the drive, our only opening drive touchdown of the season. chase daniel (laughs) leads that drive okay helps us beat the uh the vikings leads us on three other scoring drives that were just field goals but we we held the vikings to six points in that one so 16 was more than enough uh to win that one fast forward a week later he's the starter all week long against the raiders in london and he was average at best i mean he same thing we had that awesome third quarter we rattled off 21 points but quarters one two and four he was terrible and we end up losing that game so there's just something about um backup quarterbacks some of those guys are awesome coming off the bench but when they when they go through it when they know that they're the player know that they're the starter when they've got all week uh to get ready it's not read and react i, I see those guys tend to be thinking a lot more and that's where they
2: get into trouble yeah I think that's I, that perfectly describes what I think Jeff Driscoll is going through right now. and maybe maybe it was just one bad game. We don't really know. I, I I saw enough promise in those first two games to still kind of have a little bit of hope in him developing as a backup quarterback. Let's be clear. he's he's never going to be the starter in Detroit or anything like that. But um yeah, th- there's definitely a lot more concern about even that about even him being the the backup going forward after after a rough outing in Washington.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a, you know, backup quarterbacks are a funny breed, man. Some of them, uh, you know, some of them are become Kurt Warner and, you know, do amazing things (laughs) and, you know, go on to have careers and all they need is an opportunity. And some of these guys will go out there and show you why they're number two on the depth chart and always will be. Yep. Absolutely. So what do we have to look forward to on Thursday? (laughs) Uh, Aside from like we were talking before you, we started recording, you're going to be in, in the press box at the game. Aside from the food, Jeremy, what are you looking forward to on Thursday?
2: Uh, well, if we're if we're talking about actual game stuff and not what comes after the game, which is always what I look forward to more, sure. it seems, these, these recent days. Um, I, I think a lot of it for me is just looking at the young guys on this Lions team because they've already really gotten to a point – uh, and, and injuries have kind of forced their hand a little bit where they're playing a lot of young guys. I mentioned Oruarie, the, the fifth round cornerback out of Penn State, who got his first interception last week. Austin Bryant, uh, third round pick out of Clemson, played his first game uh, of in, in his NFL career last week, um, kind of had a muted debut, but got his feet wet. In fact, seven of the Lions' nine draft picks all played a, a somewhat significant role in that game in Washington, and and maybe that explains why they struggled against a one and nine team. Um, but it it it, it, provides, it provides at least a little bit of excitement for Lions fans that are still sticking around and watching these games, just seeing the potential in some of these guys. And and while some of them have been good, um, some of them have been not so good. Some of them have been injured. So. Um, it's just an opportunity to see where the the future of this team lays because I mean that's all that Lions fans really ever have is the future the future <laughs> hopefully something good happens in the future and so a lot of young guys playing in these games lately and and you get you get a close up look at the future and, and hopefully it's a it's a bright future.
1: Well, the Bears might actually get a little piece of that on Thursday as well. The uh, the Bears like the Lions didn't practice today but had to release an injury report and. Um, our third-string tight end, who is now the starter because Shaheen is garbage and is has a, f- a foot injury, apparently. I yeah. guess I don't know if that's real or not, and frankly, I don't care. And Trey Burton, <laughs> as you know, is on IR now. So, right. but Ben Broniker, our starting tight end yesterday, is in concussion protocol. Mm. So uh, we just yeah the
2: touchdown against the Lions.
1: He did. He had the only yep. touchdown against the Lions. Um, no, there was another one. There was no, three. Was, there was three. You're right. I'm thinking, of, <laughs> I'm thinking of yesterday's game. But anyway.
2: I didn't want to correct you. I really didn't <laughs> want to correct you. I didn't want to remember that there were three touchdowns. Well, actually, game. you know
1: what? It's the only touchdown a tight end has scored. Maybe that's where I was thinking. That is literally not a, That's not a joke. That's true. That It took us week 10 to finally get a touchdown from a tight end on this team. So, yay. Um, but um, we just uh, brought up uh, – a guy from the practice squad, Jesper Horsted, is a rookie from uh, Princeton. And uh, we have Bradley Soule, whose claim to fame is that he's been cut and signed on the team literally every week since the Raiders game. <laughs> literally wow. every week. Like, this week, actually, was the first time he hadn't been cut and re Like, cut on Saturday, signed on Monday. I guess that's how you put a veteran on the practice squad when you're not practice squad Eligible because that's literally what they did like seven weeks in a row with Bradley Soule. They would nice. cut him on Saturday, elevate someone from the practice squad to be on the roster, put the, cut that person, sign them back to the practice squad, and then sign Bradley Soul back to the yeah. active squad on on uh, on Monday every week for like seven weeks. It became a joke after a while. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it wasn't hilarious to Bradley Soule, but still, right? Um, but there's him. There's J.P. Holtz, who's been more of a fullback, like H-back type guy for the Bears. And then Jesper Horsted, who's probably going to be our starting tight end on Thursday if the concussion protocol isn't cleared. And Taylor Gabriel also is on concussion protocol. This would be his second concussion this year. He suffered one against the Redskins week three. He was out for like two or three weeks, which I'm actually – I'm okay with him not playing on Thursday, not because he's been bad, but because – we drafted Riley Ridley in the fourth round, and he has not been active for a game yet this year. Mm. So I would like any excuse for him to be active and get a chance to do something on the field before the end of the year. Because he's, he's following a very familiar pack that, that uh, Javon Wims was on last year where he was this, you know, he did amazing things in the preseason. Everyone was excited about him, and then we didn't see him again for like a couple times throughout the year he was active. Otherwise, he's inactive, watching the game in street clothes, you know. And Riley Ridley, we got him in the fourth round. He wasn't supposed to make it out of the second round, and we were able to get him in the fourth. He just fell to us. We took a receiver when we really didn't need one, and this kid has not seen the field yet. So it's like, with the way that our receivers have been playing, why not give him a chance and get him out there? Um, you know, let's talk about this. You, you, you guys are three and seven. You've lost seven out of your last eight uh football games is there any discussion about discipline or effort or anything like that with the coaching? i mean you you said earlier that uh, the coaching is everybody's under scrutiny uh right now and there's a lot of talk about let's just blow it all up and start over again uh kind of thing but has there any been talk about accountability and the way the guys have been been playing and 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 things like that is anything like that with what we're hearing like the bears are these days
2: I'm not I'm not sure. Like a lot of times at this point, you'll you'll hear, you know, players are dogging it or, you know, they're not buying in and that sort of thing. And I, I really don't think that's happening in, in Detroit right now. I think part of it is due to the, the kind of people that they've brought into this organization under Matt Patricia. Basically, they've gotten rid of everyone with the personality. Um, I think last time I, I had a, a big rant about the trading of Quandre Diggs and, and yes. that, that's part of it. Um, that the Lions just have a bunch of guys that really like Patricia, the, a bunch of guys that don't like talking to the media, don't like, you know, uh, creating any sort of headlines or anything like that. They have no interest in doing that. Um, the the one exception to that rule is probably Darius Slay, who, like I, I previously alluded to, not having his greatest season right now. Not that he's awful, um, but it's just we're not used to seeing him get beat on a regular basis by some of the best wide receivers like last week against Terry McLaurin, who I don't want to take anything away from. I think that guy's going to be a fantastic receiver in this, in this league, like potential top 10. That's how good he is. But he was regularly beating Darius Slay and not with like a ton of fancy moves. He's just incredibly fast. And that's Darius Slay's game. He's a very fast guy too. And so I I think there are some people that think Darius Slay may have checked out. He's already kind of had a couple run-ins with the coaching staff. Last year, he, he kind of complained about practicing outside in, in a portion of the season when the Lions didn't have an outside game remaining on the schedule, or at least not for another couple months. Um, he was also very vocal about his displeasure in, in the Quandre Diggs trade. So if there's any sort of like player checking out or, or you know me- discontent, uh, I think it kind of just starts and ends with Darius I don't think it, it's extended much beyond that. Um, that being said, the coaching staff is under fire for something much worse, which is the fact that they have a defensive quote unquote genius running the team. Right. And they have a, a bottom three defense in the league. Hmm. And that, I mean, that alone speaks volumes about what Matt Patricia has brought to Detroit and what he's doing right now. And, uh, it, it's also hard to ignore what's going on in new England right now and what's gone on in the past two years since Matt Patricia left which is now New England's one of the best defensive teams in the league, right? And so you put all these puzzle pieces together, and it paints kind of a really bad picture about Matt Patricia. And, and you can you can point to injuries, and and you wouldn't be wrong. Trey Flowers is gone. You know, Deshaun Hand has missed most of the season. Uh, you know, they they've had injuries in the backfield. A bunch of their defensive line, which was supposed to look really really good this year, all missed training camp, all missed all those padded practices. So they came in. Raw and 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 not really ready to to perform, mm. but it shouldn't matter. I mean, if if this scheme is good enough, if the if the depth that this team has been building for the past two years is good enough, they they have no reason to to be thirty first in the league in in yards or points or whatever DVOA or whatever metric you want to throw out there because they've been horrible, and and there's no real rhyme or reason for that when you've got a guy who's supposedly you know the reason the 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 Patriots were so good um in in developing uh talent and there's the reason that so many former Patriots talk glowingly of Matt Patricia and say he is a genius and and they can't figure out what's going wrong in Detroit um but the fact of the matter is as a as a head coach he's not proven that he's able to to put it all together either defensively or as a full team so um and, and because Bob Quinn, the, the general manager, also came from New England, those two are tied at the hip. So if, if Matt Patricia goes, I think I think Bob Quinn goes. And if all that happens, you're hitting the reset button in the twilight of Matthew Stafford's career, which is not a, a, a great... I mean, it, it's not a great option to keep these guys around for another year because it doesn't look like it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, But I'm not sure if blowing everything up in the last couple of years of Matthew Stafford's career is also the answer because... We've, I mean, you hear it all the time with with franchise quarterbacks. You don't want to waste them when you have them because most people don't have them. And the Lions have done a pretty good job of wasting Matthew Stafford's career so far. <laughs> if they're about to hit the the blow up button with three three two three years left on his career, you can pretty much write the write the book on Matthew Stafford right then and there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh it's it's funny because you know we're going through the exact same thing. In Chicago, we hired an offensive genius to take over the team. Mm -hmm. And in his second year, we have the 31st ranked offense uh, in the NFL. We are thriving on defense. Um, I was just looking, and it made me sick to my stomach to see that our defense is fourth in the league for points against. And um, the other five, the other teams in the top five are all playoff teams. Yep. And uh, as we were talking about jokingly before we started, we're not in the playoffs. We're quote unquote in the hunt, (laughs) Uh, three games behind the sixth seed right now. So it's just not to mention the teams that we're tied with uh, for records we've lost to. So we've got tiebreaker issues with the teams in front of us, not to mention we've got a ton of ground to make up and not a lot of time to make it up in. Uh, but somehow we 're still in the hunt because we 're not mathematically eliminated uh, <laughs> yet, and you know I guess that 's why we kind of romanticized the lovey Smith era is because he was a defensive genius, he was a defensive coordinator with the rams and and all that kind of stuff and what were the bears always good at when Lovey was in Chicago? We were great on defense and uh, it was just we were lousy on offense, which was not his strength, so that made sense here. you and I both dealing with these head coaches who you know touted quite a resume coming in as far as their their prowess on their particular side of the football and yet both are suffering at this point you know it's kind of like watching um the you know like the colts be terrible on defense when tony dungy was the head coach but thank god we've got peyton manning who can score 50 a game it doesn't matter that we've got the worst run defense in football and and things like that unfortunately Khalil Mack can only do so much, and you know Matt Stafford is injured right now, so we can't cover up how poorly the other side of the ball is playing.
2: Yep, I think I said this last time we were on. We just need to combine forces and and take down the rest of the NFC North.
1: That's right. I wouldn't be against it, man. Not at this point, to be honest with you. I would not be uh, against it. We'd have to come up with a fancy name for the the Blions or the the, the Leers or something. I don't know. Just like uh, we'll figure something out. But yeah. Let's uh, just-
2: Let's just do it and, and label it later. Yeah, yeah, let's just, we'll figure it all out later. It's not like it's
1: important to market <laughs> or anything like that. But So, you know, it, it should be interesting on Thursday, you know, with the short week. The, the Thursday games are always interesting, not to mention we, as in our two teams, have the shortest amount of time to get ready for the game uh, on Thursday because we're kicking off at sunrise yep. uh, for on, on Thursday. <laughs> Uh, at least it's not as extreme as it was for the Bears a year ago, who were flexed into Sunday night football right. before yep. before kicking off at 11:30 a.m. Um, uh, you know, on Thursday, I think it was like 84, 85 hours between when the Sunday night game ended and when we were kicking off against Detroit. It's a wonder we were number. It's a one a. It's a miracle we won. B. It's a wonder we were even competent in that game with such a short. Uh, turnaround. Uh, I mean, he, the the NFL literally stole like eight hours from the Bears to get ready for that game. It was crazy, uh, flexing them to Sunday night. So, you know, I, I I don't know what to expect, especially since we don't know which quarterback we're facing yet. We 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 kind of know what we're talking about with, with Driscoll because we saw him up close and personal a couple of weeks ago, and you're you still have the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. Well, we've got the 31st offense in the NFL. So that clash of Titans should be interesting uh, once again. And uh, you know, your offense is obviously the better unit of the, of the, on the team, but who the general is, that's going to be leading it. I think will determine how this game actually plays out.
2: Yeah. I think that's a, a great way to put it. And I think the, the one thing that we can be pretty sure of is that it's not going to be Matthew Stafford. So you right. can, you can rest easy there. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, if you had to call this thing, what do what, what you, what do you think in here? Man,
2: I, I love to sit here and tell you that with all the defensive players that are returning this week or presumably returning this week, that the lions defense finally shows up for an entire game and, uh, can, can stop Mitchell Trubisky for all of the possessions instead of all but three. Right. Uh, but I, I just, I don't really have a lot of confidence in this unit right now and, and especially with a big question mark at quarterback, the lines have been better at running the ball. Um, Bo Scarborough has been uh, a, a weird find. The guys rushed for, I think, about 150-ish yards in the past two games and, and well over four yards of carry, which is something we, we really haven't seen since Amir, Abdu- or Amir Abdullah, wow, uh, since Kerryhan Johnson was healthy. Um, so, it, I mean... I, I'm kind of where you are where I just think it could really go either way, but I'm just mm-hmm. the team just lost to Washington. How can I really have any confidence in this in this team right now? So I mean, I think I think it just gets poured on at this point. I think the Lions might God, I don't even want to say this, but I think they might not win another game this year. I mean, wow. they'll they'll have chances against the Bucks, they'll have chances against the the the, the, Bron- uh, the Broncos, they'll have chances against the Bears, but Yeah. I mean, I can see them. I can see them losing all three of those games just as easily. I can see them winning one of them. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm picking the lines this week. It's it's early in the week, and I I might gain some confidence by the time we hit Thursday. But right now, I'm just I I feel like this is going to be an ugly like 13 to 10 type of game where yeah the entire game is basically spent watching everyone trash both teams on Twitter for for 60 minutes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can totally see that. I really can, especially since I'm going to be home uh in the Chicago area watching this game with my dad. Um that's always interesting. Um <laughs> you know, I usually watch the games here at, at in my apartment by myself, so it's just me and uh you know, the rest of Twitterverse out there and I can I can imagine how people are saying it when I'm with my dad, I get to hear how Twitter yeah. would be saying it. So that's always <laughs> fun. Um. Yeah. So we'll see how that uh, how that ends up uh, being. So it's always better at Dad's house when the Bears win. So hopefully the Bears win as opposed to hang on at the end like with our last two wins over the Lions Week Ten, over the Giants yesterday uh, at at Soldier Field. Where going? I mean, if you guys can survive the third quarter, you have a shot. Okay, yeah. you have a shot because apparently the Bears only show up for the third quarter or so has been their mo for the literally the last five weeks we come out in the second (laughs) half first first possession we put a touchdown on the board every single time the last five weeks so basically the second half of the year we are as hot a team as there is in the nfl when it comes to the third quarter second half adjustments nobody's better than matt nagy or chuck pagano at this point apparently because we shut down offenses and we blow up the scoreboard uh in the third quarter but it's that fourth quarter Apparently we forgot that there's 60 minutes to a football game, not 45, and that's where things get interesting. So if you can hold the bear like we're we're garbage in the first half. So that won't be different if it's a 6 to 3 ball game or a 7 to 7 god forbid going into halftime. If you can weather the storm in the third quarter, you've got a shot uh in the fourth and the Bears are so unreliable this year and you know it's just I don't feel confident picking the Bears. Like, logic says, why wouldn't I? You know, we finally won a right. football game. We've already beaten this team. They might be starting their third-string quarterback on Thursday who's literally got no time to get reps and, you know, things like that. That's that's all working for us. We are playing against the second-worst defense in the NFL statistically and, and all the rest of that nonsense. Mitch came off as statistically one of his best games of the season we've kind of got this going for us and why wouldn't the bears win this game well because it's the bears and this is what they do is that they they have a knack for losing the games they should win winning the games they should lose or at least this year they do anyway i mean my chief complaint is we've won five games this year and we can only really feel good about one of them you know (laughs) There's, there's yeah. been a, a sour taste in our mouths than that win over the over the Lions. Sour taste in our mouths last week for the win over the the Giants is that we had to hang on to a game that was well in hand going into the fourth quarter, and you just you just can't trust the team. You know, you just can't trust that they're not going to fall apart at any time, let alone you know trying to get through a sixty minute uh, football game. So, like I I say that I would pick the Bears, and if I was a betting man, I would go with the under, which I think is thirty nine right now um yeah. so i don't think that's a bad call uh at all i mean the bears inability to crack 40 points as a as an over under this year has been staggering so i don't know hey I like, but you know what
2: they, go, they've won two out of their past three yes why not why not make it three out of the past four and then you know get some people riled up thinking they can run the table despite a oh, very yeah. daunting looking schedule oh, ahead dear of Dear god
1: dude <laughs> If we win on on Thursday, we'll be 6-6. Six and six. Yep. Okay? That's outstanding, uh, considering how we were looking a few weeks ago. All sure. right? So, 6-6, six and six, great. Then next week, the following Thursday, we get to play another Thursday game. We got the Cowboys, the quote-unquote worst of the division leaders at the moment. Uh, then we have Green Bay in Lambeau. Hooray. Uh, then we come home for Kansas City. On Sunday night football. Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we If that go... game stays on Sunday night
2: football. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't. Yeah, I would very much like it if that one was pushed back to three or noon, God forbid. Uh, and then finally we get to go up to the, uh, I was going to say the Metrodome, uh, to play the Vikings to close out the year for the fourth year uh, in a row. So I don't know how that one's going to be, but I'm thinking if the Vikings have something to play for, they're going to stick
2: it to us in
1: that last game. So.
2: You got I don't this. Know. I believe in you. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm pulling for you at this point because why not? You know. Why? I mean, because why not? Because like, why not? You know. Cuz we both don't like the Vikings and the Packers. That's I don't correct. I don't have a bunch against the Vikings, but like I've grown so sick of those two teams at the top that I'm almost I'm almost willing to create an alliance with the Bears. I'm, almost. I'm close.
1: Yes, you're very close. To signing on the dotted line to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to join forces with the evil in Chicago. So, Oh, man. So we'll do our best to get through it, Jeremy. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the press box food at, uh, at the NFL Stadium on Thursday. And uh, be safe uh, getting out of there on uh, Thursday after the game, no matter what the result is. I'm sure it will not be a pretty sight. Uh, nope, cause, uh, yeah, because Detroit's not very far from Chicago, so there will be plenty of Bear fans in the building. And I don't know if you've seen the footage on Twitter of Bear fans fighting each other in Soldier Field yesterday. Oh, uh, I did not. Apparently, there were a few uh, fights in the stands uh, yesterday because I saw two different clips and they were not the same clip. It was also not the same guys. So. Uh, there were a few brawls in the stands um, yesterday when we were winning the game, so you can only imagine how it would go. And here's another fun story for you. When I was in Detroit, I almost beat the shit out of somebody in the stands when I was in Detroit. So, oh. yeah. Was it a Bears fan? It was, actually. It actually <laughs> was. It was a guy that I'd saw that I'd seen in the section earlier, and I actually thought it was really clever because he had taken a uh, – cade mcnown jersey or something like that which was Mm -hmm. also number eight and Mm -hmm. put like tape across the back and you know like put different put a different name on it or actually maybe it was a grossman jersey and he just you know fooled around with it but by the time he got to me uh he was drunk and uh thought it would be fun to, to sit next to me and i'm the like literally me and my buddy are the only people in this section you know, mm-hmm. and this guy thought it would be a really good idea to sit right next to me and, you know, <laughs> try to talk to me and all that kind of stuff. I'm not good around strangers, dude. I'm really not. And uh, <laughs> I'm not a social person. And he just, you know, when I was like, yeah, hey, great. Nice to meet you. he thought it would be a good idea to chew on my shoulder. What? <laughs> yeah. Like literally started chewing on my shoulder. His buddies thought it was hilarious until I was about to throw him. 14 rows off the balcony into the bottom uh bowl you know i was like get him out of here or i'm going to kill him because i'm not putting up with this and my my buddy was also like up here we go so you know (laughs) yeah it was another bear fan and oddly enough what got them to get this guy and get him away from me was that i was going to call the ushers over because they were sitting in seats that weren't theirs then all of a sudden now they're now they feel threatened and now they, it's not funny anymore. They don't want to get tossed or thrown out or or, or whatever because then they'd have to stop drinking $9 beers. So why would they want to stop doing that? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, not my most favorite part uh, of the game. That comes in a close second behind the 34.4th quarter, but, uh, you know, it ranks up there.
2: Lions versus Bears, creating memories that will last, <laughs> last a lifetime.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So... <laughs> Jeremy, thanks so much uh, for, for coming back on to, uh, to try to coddle each other through this <laughs> and uh, our two teams having to meet on national TV. we'd like to apologize on behalf of our teams to the rest of the country for what's going to take place on <laughs> Thursday morning. but uh, the NFL mandated it, so we got to do it. so and uh, we'll, be to, uh, we'll be there to <laughs> be yeah, you're welcome. We'll be there to watch it all and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about afterwards. So, Jeremy, where can we uh, keep up with you and your your tweets uh, during the game? You're actually one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow, not just when you're talking about Lions football.
2: I, I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me personally at Detroit Online, all one word, Detroit Online. Uh, and then obviously all my work is over at prideofdetroit.com. And I also tweet from their account sometimes as well, which is just at Pride of Detroit right so if you want to hear about funny
1: food combinations or what show jeremy's binge watching uh yes you want to see him rank the season finales of all time this is uh, (laughs) a that's the twitter account uh you want to follow man thanks so much uh for coming back on we'll talk to you again real soon
2: sounds good larry (laughs)
1: Remember, guys, promo code ARMCHAIR for your uh, free shipment, your free first shipment of Blue Chew. Just pay the $5 shipping. And, of course, promo code CHAIR gets that free bet against the Lions up to $250. The Bears-Lions game, bet against the spread. If you lose, no big deal. You get your money back. If you win, hey, you've got some extra cash for the holiday promo code, share and the dollar to dollar uh, match for your first deposit as well with mybookie.ag. Want to thank Jeremy Reisman for coming on the show. It's going to be a long time before we get to talk to him uh, again because the NFL loves to space our games together. Uh, last year there was only you know the Bears. It was Lions, Vikings, Lions. So we played twice in eleven days against the Lions. This time it's twice in what eighteen days or whatever. Uh, this time around so uh you know hopefully the the bears or, or the nfl will spread them out a little bit next year maybe a week three week four matchup uh with the lions and you know and, and maybe keep that week 12 or something later on in the year or god forbid we finish the season against someone who isn't the freaking minnesota vikings so i mean there are two other teams in the division that we could finish the year against but it's always minnesota in minnesota for some reason but um, anyway again Thanks to Jeremy for coming on the show. I always enjoy uh, talking to him, <laughs> us, with our long-suffering uh, you know, teams and our fan bases and, and whatnot, where things more times than not go wrong before they go right uh, for our teams. And, um, you know, kind of squandering away seasons that both fan bases were looking uh, forward to and uh, with not a lot to look forward to heading into this uh, final stretch uh, of the year. And even more so for the Lions, with the, you know, Driscoll's going to play or he might play, but he's sore. The hamstring is an issue, which could limit him and how he hurt the Bears uh, a couple of weeks ago with his legs. The guy can run. He's a 4 5, uh, four, five uh, 40, which is lightning fast for, for a quarterback. Um, didn't hurt us so much with his arm, but definitely hurt us with his feet from time to time. And I think Jeremy said they've been doing more of that since the Bears game because he was started against the Bears basically on short notice. Like he knew for less than 48 hours he was starting uh, against the Bears and basically no practice time to get ready for that game. And But him running the football has been a somewhat bigger part of the offense since that game against Chicago. So we'll see how that uh, ends up going. But, um, you know, it's – it's uh, and uh, well, and then the other possibility is that their third-string quarterback might actually be starting and playing uh, against the Bears on Thursday, which would be fantastic for us, or so one would think, but uh you never know with this team. You just never know, and that's the that's the you know the thing that makes you, you you nervous. That little catch you have in the back of your throat when you watch the game play is like, yeah, it's setting up perfectly for us to come away with the win here. But uh it is the Bears, and after all, the, the this year has just been one of those crazy, you know, why the hell not type seasons. Uh, where you know if it could go wrong it more than likely will and in some spectacular fashion that you know leaves an, an indelible mark that written it, that makes it so that you won't be forgetting this uh anytime soon <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on uh this year you know losing the game against the chargers the raiders game uh the way that we laid a huge egg against green bay on national tv uh week 1 almost going 0 and 2 if not for that uh, false or that uh, roughing the passer uh, thing that extended the drive for us or gave us yards that we didn't earn. Uh, a national TV date on Monday night where we, we started out dominant and we kind of petered out towards the end and just barely hung on against the bad football team, so on and so forth. It just goes on and on. The embarrassing return from the bye against the Saints where we were just basically run off our own field, and you guys were there, you understand, so... It just seems like every game leaves some kind of mark. So this is going to be a season that even though a lot of us are going to want to forgive it, get it, especially forget it, especially with the way the expectations such we had coming in. But every every one of those games has a little scar to leave behind for us, win or lose for us that it's it 2019 is going to be a hard season to forget for a while just because of how these games have unfolded and the the head scratching nature in which a lot of these games were played and 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 the decisions that were made and 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 what have you (laughs) 2019 is going to be a hard season to shake off you know and and I guess it makes sense because 2019 is a season that a lot of us and I know that I pounded the table for this even before the 2018 season started was like this was the year that we were all looking forward to it just seemed like that kismet year where it was all fated to happen. It's the 100th season. Uh, the Super Bowl's on Papa Bear's birthday. The whole nine yards that I've been going on and on about and whatnot it just seemed like it was meant, in you know, written in the stars that it was going to be the Bears in the Super Bowl this year. And it's going to take a miracle for that to even be remotely possible at, at this point. So anyway, keys to the game. Very simple. Uh, try not to be yourselves on Sunday because that hasn't worked out uh, too well. Uh, th- as far as X's and O's, my, my big advice would actually be for the Bears to maybe look into more of an up-tempo offense because I've heard Mitch say it a thousand times in press conferences and things like that. And the Bears always kind of look sharp when they're running the two-minute drill, and, and I've heard Trubisky himself say, that uh you know there's no time to think we're out there just playing we're out there just doing it so on and so forth you know just basically take the guesswork out of the game you just run the offense out there you 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 hit who's open You, you you know all that kind of stuff maybe come out doing that first first possession against the lions uh on thursday they are still the 31st ranked defense uh in the league so they are susceptible to bigger plays and they are susceptible to just offenses, period, when you're one of the worst in, in the league, uh, statistically. Uh, anyway, I mean, this was a defense that just lost to the Redskins, uh, you know, less than 72 hours ago. So I'm sure that uh, that uh, the, the, the confidence, the little that they may have had, is shaken. And I think we can take full advantage of that uh, on Thursday. So hopefully the Bears just come out. And, I mean, it would be fantastic if we could get our second opening drive touchdown of the season uh, against the Lions, because I think it would go a long way in really just cementing the fact that the Lions just aren't going to win, you know. And I know that, granted, if we 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 go in for an opening drive touchdown, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but their offense has been struggling to score points. They only managed 16 against the Redskins uh on sunday not very good against a very bad football team that confidence might be shaken and we might be playing on a third with against the third string quarterback who has sort of kind of been taking first team reps in in a week of walkthrough practices uh to conserve everybody who's basically everyone's still recovering by the time they take the field on thursday they're not ready to play yet but they have to because the nfl said so so it, it um This is all lining up for this to be a quote-unquote easy game for the Bears to win. The X factor, of course, is that it's on the road. The Bears struggle in Detroit almost every time. So it's Thanksgiving, and historically the Lions always play well on Thanksgiving. I've seen them win with some lousy Lions football teams against some good teams, whoever they had coming in. I remember one year they were like two and nine going into the Thanksgiving game, playing like a nine and one Denver Bronco team, and they beat the Broncos on on Thanksgiving Day. I've seen it happen many times where they win that Thanksgiving game because, and I mean, especially back in the in the late in the nineties and stuff, um, when Thursday night wasn't a regular thing on the schedule, the Thanksgiving game was literally like the only Thursday game on the schedule. And teams like the Cowboys and the Lions who play on Thanksgiving every year always seem to do well because they're used to playing on that short notice, that Thanksgiving uh, schedule, and they would always be able to take advantage of it, good teams or bad, and, and uh, you know handle it. But now everyone plays at least one game on Thursday. Hell, the Bears are playing three Thursday games. It's like after we get done with this, we've got a full week to get ready for the, uh, for the Cowboys next Thursday. Uh, on December the 5th so it's just a it's a weird schedule that the Bears uh, have this is one of the pitfalls of the Bears playing well the NFL puts them on as many national TV dates as they can handle uh, or as many that are legal I think five is the limit so um, yeah but um, so I mean coming out fast getting the Lions into a hole I think would be huge and I know that We've only got one first uh, first uh, you know opening drive touchdown. I think that was literally the only touchdown we've scored in the first quarter all year was that touchdown we scored against the uh against the Vikings, but it would be really really nice if we could snap that streak because I think that uh it's not going to take many points to win this game. Uh we only needed 19 against the Giants uh last week. I don't think it would take many more than that to win this game against the Lions uh on Thursday. So that's pretty much it. The rest of it is all the basic stuff. Avoid the mistakes. The mental ones, the physical ones, you, you just, you just got to cut down on the mistakes as, as best you can. The drop balls that have plagued this team, the the assignment mix-ups, that, that like the one that caused the interception uh, in the first quarter where everyone thought the ball was going to Anthony Miller, only to find out after the game and the press conferences that pass was intended for Allen Robinson, but there was a quote-unquote miscommunication on what, you know, didn't, Robinson did one thing, Mitch thought he was going to do the other. Next thing you know, it's an interception that killed a 12-play, 77-yard drive. We walk away empty-handed uh, with that drive. So that's the kind of stuff that's been killing the Bears all year. Anytime you see that, it was always, oh, well, there was a miscommunication. I thought he was going to do this. Instead, he did that. Like that interception that Mitch threw uh, against the Redskins, week three he thought Robinson was going to cut it short so he threw it short and instead Robinson had uh, Josh Norman beat deep which would have been an easy touchdown catch for him had Mitch put it there but instead he throws it short and it looks like a horrible interception uh, to Josh Norman one of the few that he's been able to manage uh, this season so the miscommunication quote unquote miscommunications or the the wrong routes being run and, and stuff like that has been killing the Bears. Uh, this year so that's something that we need to shore up and it would also be nice if the offensive line could step up even I know we're going to be shorthanded with no Bobby Massey on Thursday but it would be nice to see the offensive line step up so that the 31st ranked defense in the NFL isn't teeing off on our quarterback like they did a couple of weeks ago this is a team that, going into that, the preview Jeremy said, "This is a defense that can't get home. They don't sack the quarterback. They they can't do a pass rush. Blah 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 blah." I think they sacked Mitch five times in that game, uh, on 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 week number ten. So I was just like, "I'm tired of the Bears being the cure all for whatever is bothering your football team." And it would be really nice if we could be our own cure all. You know, if if we could just show up on Thursday. Take care of business against this lousy defense, put some points on the board, and kind of coast to a win, and get ready for this this stretch that we have: the Cowboys, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. We have to win all these games if we want to make the pro, make the postseason. We want to make the playoffs. Uh, at the very least, we need to go three and one. We might be able to go nine and seven uh, and make the playoffs. I saw a graphic somebody put up where there is a scenario in which the Bears can still make the playoffs. I doubt that it's possible, but, uh, I'm hoping that it is honestly, fingers crossed. I'd like to see this, this team get a chance and, uh, but we're going to have to get hot and start playing a lot better football than we have been playing in order to make that happen. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the week 13 preview episode of the bears talk underground and, um, come back on, like I said, should be Friday, maybe at the Saturday first thing at the latest is when the episode Uh, We'll drop the review episode uh, talking about the Thanksgiving game. Will I be uh, spewing venom because we pissed away? our? Basically, we'll we'll be officially done, in my opinion. We lose the game against the Lions, we're done. Because then we have to win the last four games in order to make the playoffs or even have an opportunity to sniff the playoffs. Like our playoff probability is at 2% right now. It will be at the quote-unquote under 1% like they won't say it's zero but it's below one percent we'll go back to sniffing less than one percent if we uh if we piss this game away against the lions uh on thursday come on back and see how i'm feeling about it will my will my holiday spirit uh keep me from going bananas or will i just really let the let you guys have it so tune in and find out uh for the week 13 review episode until then My name is Larry D. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you next time.